Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. A few weeks ago, I happened to be standing in a huge celery field in Salinas, California, right before the celery was about to be harvested. And I tweeted out a picture of the field and asked if people could identify the vegetable. Some of you guessed parsley, others thought it might be cilantro or lovage. Although celery is one of the most commonly consumed vegetables, Many of us have never actually seen it growing in a field where it looks a lot different than it does in those little plastic sleeves that we see in the grocery store. Despite the huge growth of farmers markets, community gardens, and CSAs in recent years, the vast majority of the food that we eat is still produced by large-scale growers, the fruit and vegetable farmers, cattle ranchers, dairy farmers, and others who fill up the bins and the shelves at our local grocery stores with an unbelievable abundance and variety of fresh food week after week, year-round. Over the past couple of years, I've had the opportunity to visit many of these operations and to meet some of the people who dedicate their lives to feeding you and me. And I want you to meet them too and to learn more about this vital link in our food chain. Over the next several weeks leading up to the American Thanksgiving holiday, I'm going to be talking to some of the people who are helping to bring that feast, as well as every other day's meals, to our table. This week, I spoke with Dale Huss. He's the vice president of Artichoke Production for Ocean Mist Farms. They're headquartered in Castroville, California, and Ocean Mist Farms is the largest grower of fresh artichokes in the United States. For many of us, fresh artichokes are a bit of a novelty, not something that we buy and prepare on a weekly basis. But you know, maybe we should be. One medium artichoke provides three and a half grams of protein and almost seven grams of fiber, all for just 60 calories. In particular, artichokes are high in inulin, a type of insoluble fiber that acts as a prebiotic, providing food for those beneficial bacteria in our gut. Artichokes are also very high in antioxidant activity. In addition to artichokes, Ocean Mist Farms also grows beets and broccoli and cauliflower and lettuce and lots of other different kinds of vegetables, including, yes, celery, in sites throughout California, Arizona, and Mexico. And I was interested to learn that Ocean Mist grows both organic and conventional produce. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Super Deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. 
human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast, Dale. It's great to have you. Good to be here. So tell us a little bit about what's going on at the farm at this time of year. We're sort of deep into the harvest season. What's, what's happening out there in California? Well, you know, when you're in the vegetable industry in California at this time of year, you're going even faster than you were a month ago. Mm-hmm. We purposely ramp up our volumes. We know America likes to have fresh vegetables for Thanksgiving. And so we've essentially doubled the volumes of some of our key commodities and, and trying to get all that harvested, trying to get all that cooled and trying to get it all uh, to our customers is really takes a tremendous effort. At the same time, we're um, ramping things up to start in our desert areas, which you know includes Mexico. And so there's just a tremendous amount going on. A lot of people moving uh, a a lot of folks harvesting, a lot of folks working ground, getting ready for winter. It really is an exciting time to be in the, the Salinas Valley in California. Well, we're lucky to have you uh, take some time out to talk with us at such a busy time of year. And as you mentioned, a lot of the operations at this point picks up and moves from California to Arizona and Mexico to take advantage of that season in the winter. Is that right? That's correct. And we're, we're actually in all of those areas. Plus, we're in the uh, the desert area of Southern California. Our, our base operation there is, is uh, in the Coachella Valley. So in particular, I want you to tell us a little bit more about artichokes. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about some of the special nutritional features of artichokes, but I have to admit, I've never actually seen one growing in a field. I have no idea what that looks like. What's involved in growing an artichoke? Is that a really long season crop? Does it, is, it, is it seasonal, sort of like pomegranate? What, how does that work? Well, actually, things are changing in the artichoke industry because they have to because of increasing costs and, and the pressures that are being felt by every farmer, rancher, grower out there. What's happening with artichokes is that uh, 20 years ago, uh, the plants were perennials. And, and what I, by that, I mean, we would prepare a field, take cuttings from crown sections of, of existing plants, and we move them to a new field and we plant those. And from the time they were planted until the time harvest would start would be usually about six months. But because they're in the ground for as long as they are, uh, we have problems beginning to build up in those fields with pests. And especially in the last uh, 10 years where it's been warmer and drier than normal, we've had increasing pest pressures. And we, we can't escape them unless we rotate with other crops. And so our new culture, and Ocean Mist being the leaders in the artichoke industry, we evaluate some 700 to 1,000 different individual selections of different artichokes every year, looking at a lot of different things. But these are annual varieties now. And so they'll go in the ground as transplants 
small plants that may be four to six inches high. And by the time they start harvesting, they can be as tall as five feet. And in the summertime, the season is much shorter. And usually production is in the four to five months. And and by going to an annual culture, we do two things. Number one, we rotate with other crops. I mean, we can get away from some of those pest pressures that just seem to nag us throughout the growing season. And we also increase our yields pretty significantly. So it, it allows us to be more efficient from a growing standpoint. Well, rotating crops, of course, is an ancient technique to preserve soil health. And as you say, it can kind of keep you one step ahead of the bugs if there's sort of different crops in the fields from season to season, you kind of keep the bugs off balance. But I'm interested, you mentioned sort of pest pressure and and the, the techniques that you have to use to manage that. And your company grows both conventional and organic produce. And my understanding is this is getting to be more and more common for growers not to do one or the other, but to do both. And I'm interested in how that impacts your procedures. I mean, is there some cross-pollination there between the conventional and the organic? Are you using more organic methods or procedures in your conventional crops because you're doing it anyway? That's That's an interesting question. We we got into the organic deal because our customers were asking us to grow and provide organic produce because their customers are wanting more. And really, it's been a learning curve. But I think the, the main difference is, is, is you have to be very much aware of time because the plants themselves still need the same amount of fertilizer, whether it's nitrogen or potassium or phosphorus or any of the micronutrients. They still need the same amount to have a successful crop. And so you have to be on the front end of it. You have to be thinking ahead. Those organic fertilizers have to be breaking down and those nutrients available for that crop when they need it. Otherwise, you don't make the other interesting thing when it comes to pest control that most people think that in an organic situation, you don't spray. You don't use the same kind of materials when you spray, but at the same time, there are materials that can be used. And between planting beneficial plants that attract beneficial insects that gobble up bad bugs, having those beneficials in the field and getting those populations built up so they can combat the, the bad bugs is very important. It's still a learning curve, but uh, I do find it interesting that in some cases, you know, we're able to control pests organically better. Uh, we use, uh, you know, cilantro, we use dill, we use alyssum, and those are all interplanted in our organic plantings. And it, it's pretty amazing. So if some of those organic methods, like having the beneficial plants attracting the the insects that control those other populations, if that sometimes even works better, do you find yourself borrowing some of those techniques in your conventional fields? Yeah, we have. We've done that uh, in the past, especially in celery, where leaf miner can be a real problem. We've interplanted cilantro and dill in those fields, and we found that it does indeed help with uh, controlling conventional spray in, in those conventional fields. I mean, it, oh. it does help. So uh, not too long ago, I had an opportunity to come out to the Salinas Valley and see some of these large-scale vegetable farms and operations, and I was blown away. But what would people who have never had that opportunity to visit a farm be surprised to see? I mean, what do you think some of the misunderstandings or misconceptions that people have about what's going on on farms? Well, here, when you're talking about a, a vegetable operation like ours, the, the first thing that people who don't really understand how their food is produced, the first thing they're going to see is how how many people it takes to bring that food to their table. You're going to see, uh, you know, the amount of hand labor it takes because, uh, you know, in order to, 
to harvest cauliflower, in order to harvest lettuce, in order to harvest a lot of artichokes, requires a lot of hand labor. And so you, you could be looking at 20, 30, in some cases in our Brussels sprout crews, maybe 80 to 100 people out harvesting those crops. And so that's the first thing they're going to see. But if they dig a little deeper and they really want to understand, uh, for instance, in my case, I'm managing maybe 400 different fields with maybe 15 different crops being grown in any of those different fields at any given time, all of them requiring uh, different water and irrigation and, and fertility regimes. And then if you dig even a little deeper, you get an understanding of the planning it takes to even get us to that point. We sit down with our salespeople twice a year and we ask them what kind of volumes they're going to need. And if they say we need 70,000 a week of head lettuce, I'm talking about cartons, that we have to plan to get that and have that on a consistent basis for them throughout the year. Yeah. And you can't just ramp up production overnight. Like you say, that's a six to nine month lead time to anticipate that demand and make sure that you can meet it. That's correct. Yeah, it's a real it's, uh, interesting combination of high technology and, and business management. And as you said, it still comes down, though, to human beings out there in the fields harvesting that food by hand. So it really runs the entire spectrum. Farming is obviously not an easy way to make a living. It's hard work. It's long days the, the, and big risk and not great margins. What keeps you in this profession year after year? There's no greater feeling in the world than having a great crop on a great market. There's no worse feeling in the world than having a lousy crop because you screwed it up. And so that's it. It's that risk reward and that challenge that just keeps you going. And and it is. And it's one of the things that really attracted me to agriculture and farming is the fact that if you want to work hard, you can be successful. The harder you work, the more successful you can be. We're not talking eight hours. We're not talking 10 hours sometimes. Sometimes you're talking 14, 16 hours a day. Oh, by the way, artists don't stop growing because it's Sunday. <laughs> and they don't stop growing because it's Christmas. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we don't usually work Christmas. But at the same time, we work a lot of Sundays. And so, you know, that's, that's the risk reward and that's the trade-off. I mean, uh, but if you work hard and you're paying attention to that crop, chances are you're going to be more successful more times than not. The other side of it is, and I'll be honest with you, Monica, you got to have a short memory. Like we've been in, a, in the last couple of years where Mark's just been terrible. And so even though you're working hard, you, you're just losing. And, and so all it takes for somebody in agriculture is to have a couple of weeks where all of a sudden you have some good markets and some good crops to go with those good markets. And all those weeks of, of loss and misery are forgotten and you're looking for that uh, you're looking to the future and you're looking for hope because you know darn well things can change in a hurry and that's what you're that's what you're in it for and that's what makes it exciting well i want to thank you so much for taking some time just to give us a little peek into what's going on as you say seven days a week year round in order to bring all of this food to our tables and as we sit down in a couple of weeks to our Thanksgiving uh, feasts, I think many of us will be thinking of and thanking all of you farmers who have uh, helped make that feast possible. So thank you very much for joining me today, Dale. It's been fun. Thank you. Next week, I'll be continuing my Faces of Farming series with a conversation with Tara Barnhart. She's a doctor of veterinarian medicine and a cattle rancher in Kansas. 
I hope you'll join me. If you have comments or questions about today's show, I'd love to hear from you. You can post your thoughts on our website or on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Super Deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of Seventh Generation. Find Seventh Generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at SeventhGeneration.com.